Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. My name is Anna. I was born in one of the former Soviet republics, raised in a small yet very unique country in the Middle East, and have been living in the U.S. for almost 20 years. I've always been curious about different languages, cuisines, music, and traditions. I also always had a desire to help people become their best self. I invite you to join me on an adventure throughout the world as I discover immigrants' stories, learn about new cultures, and together we find new ways to help immigrants unlock their potential. Hi, Kat. Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Hi, very nice to meet you and uh, thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where are you now? Well, <laughs> I was born and raised in Ukraine. I moved to U.S. 15 years ago. Um, I'm from the east of Ukraine, so all the events that are happening in Ukraine are really close to my heart, and they have been a part of my life for the last 10 years. Um, all my family is still there, except my mom, so um, it's unfortunate what is happening these days. Um, yeah. <laughs> so maybe before starting uh, to talk about your immigration story, since this is very relevant, can you talk a little bit about how has the war affected you in the sense of being physically in the U.S. and so far, yet having all the family there? I think it's important for people who are not from Ukraine to understand that the war impacts people abroad very heavily. Yeah, actually, it's a really good point that you make because a lot of the times, you know, and I'm sure you hear a lot of this, that sometimes uh, when you talk about war and people ask you questions, um, they immediately make a comment, oh, it's so great you're here. Yeah, but there's another side of the medal, right? I'm here, but the majority of my friends and relatives are there and they experience something that it's unheard of in 2023. Um, and the situation got out of control and it got um, turned into a long-term project, so to say. Um, and um, what is happening uh, with our country definitely affects you probably, not of course even more than people that are living there and physically experience um, all the um, all the horrible things that are happening with the country. Yeah. I know why. <laughs> I know. So, um, but it's it still affects you on a different level because there's nothing you can do. You right. know, there's a yeah. lot of um, a lot of things that we can control from here by educating, by sharing, by supporting. But on the other hand, is um, it's probably that helpless um, situation <laughs> that it's hard to overcome. Yeah, it's absolutely that feeling of helplessness because you're here. Yeah, you can donate, you can send, you know, packages, send aid through organizations, but you're not there and sometimes it's hard to get updates from people on what's going on and it's kind of like having to continue your routine here while still every minute of the day worrying about your friends and relatives there, right? Yeah, and especially, um, I haven't been uh, to Ukraine for the <laughs> last 
12 no no yeah 12 years and then i recently was back home in in october right before the war has started so basically i came back in november and the war started in february so it was really really nice to see how much our country has changed how much the economy got better and of course i'm not speaking about probably smaller cities and towns look um slightly different but i was in kiev i was in kharkov and you know i know that in kiev this it, it was a tremendous change for me to see my country 12 years later i'm like wow the progress is actually moving <laughs> you know things are picking up there's a lot of businesses that are um happening and there's um a lot of reconstruction happening people invest money into the city so it was very very pleasant surprise and then Four months later, we run into um, a completely different scenario, unfortunately. Yeah. So what has helped you the past year to kind of balance this living your life in the U.S. and continuing with the routine while still, you know, worrying about friends and family over there? Well, of course, it's support of those people that actually care, Um, knowing that you are in a safe space place also helps you realize a lot of things and not that I ever take things for granted I always have to work hard to get what I have in life I don't know story of my life I get it but I always have to work for it (laughs) but um, it definitely helps you to appreciate such simple things as safety and peace and um, having a home and having electricity and having power and being able to continue your normal way of living Um, And, you know, of course, it's support, support of friends and colleagues and all everybody who surrounds me um, definitely helps. And surprisingly, support uh, from my family. (laughs) You know, I often talk to my um, cousin, daughter get upset. (laughs) And every time he says, oh, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. Don't worry about me. You know, how are you? Like, what's going on in your life? (laughs) You are the one who is in war zone, not me. (laughs) But it sounds like he needs a distraction, right? So he's putting it on you. Like, tell me something about your life. Distract me from the day to day war. And, you know, um, so, you know, it's like a few minutes of disconnecting from the horrible reality around them. Uh, which unfortunately I don't see an end in sight soon, but hopefully soon. So is there something that you feel like you would want people here in the U.S. to to know about the war that you feel like is not talked about enough? Well, uh, I wouldn't get into politics. <laughs> I just try to kind of stay neutral. I certainly have an opinion about a lot of things. Um, but um, the only suggestion I would have and, you know, maybe an advice, there's so much information out there that you would, all we need to do is just do our own research to form an opinion about it. Because a lot of the times the, the opinions that we have, they're so one-sided and you don't really see the other, the, the potential backstory of it, right? And we in U.S. have such an opportunity to actually have the access to the information. All we have to do is just do the homework and actually read it and research and try to understand the culture, try to understand uh, so many things that are out there. And I know that, um, let's say, (laughs) 
in other countries, people could be potentially restricted from having access to certain resources and the information. We don't have this problem, and that's a huge advantage. So that's the only thing that I would probably recommend for everybody is just keep your ears and eyes open and um, try to educate yourself and learn about um, things that are not always on the surface. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, somebody asked me the other day, like, what are some reliable sources to find out about the day-to-day news in Ukraine? Do you have any recommendations? Well, I, we watch the resources that are um, coming from Ukraine, clearly Ukrainian television. Uh, not everybody can do that, but that's the news that are coming straight from the source right so <laughs> you know and getting the feedback from people that are actually living through the war um that's m- my validation of what the situation is in reality because it's not being outshined by any political you know um effects <laughs> yeah i think also if people want to read like news from ukraine and just really google translate right click and translate to English, you could pretty much get reliable information without having to speak Ukrainian. And um, I agree with you. I I mean, any analytical research, right, anything that has to do with intelligence, you always read the sources from the actual locations. And regardless that it comes on a different language, but that's how you know the real truth, right? By translating, we have all the tools to do that. Yeah. So as someone who works in the security field, how has the war impacted you uh, on that career side? Um, it hasn't affected really my career, other than the crazier the world, the more um, work we have in security industry. <laughs> I think it affected all um, professionals in the security industry in some way. Um, but it definitely has been um, a point of our discussion because Something that is globally happening eventually is affecting everyone um, directly or indirectly, whether it's an immediate effect or it's going to take a few years or several years or 10 years for us to experience the impact of what is happening globally. Yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears to what brought you to the U.S., how, uh, how was your immigration journey? How did you adapt to life here? Um, my immigration journey was long, exciting. <laughs> I feel like uh, that for the last 15 years, I probably have experienced more than I have experienced before uh, living in uh, Ukraine. And um, it has been a journey to learn so many new things about the culture, about the people. I never realized that um, speaking a foreign language 24-7 may give you a headache at some point <laughs> in the very beginning and you know you get to the point that oh I just want to hear my native language you know I can't hear it anymore but 15 years later I even you know realized I was talking to someone the other day and saying like I didn't realize I actually pray in English now so <laughs> I do speak you know Russian and Ukrainian um, and it's kind of part of my life because of my friends and my circle of you know connections um but on the other hand um it has been a tremendous shift that probably took every immigrant about five to seven years for them to start feeling comfortable um in a new country 
Um, one of the things that I experienced most of all that I didn't realize until later, that everybody's asking, what was the hardest thing for you when you moved? Well, one, of course, when you are here by yourself, it's hard for you to, you know, be away from your family, from your friends, regardless of what kind of support system you have already right. here. It's still not the same, um, especially when I moved, we didn't have all the resources such as WhatsApp and Viber and all this tools right. that now we can call for free. It was still Skype and you had to put some cash in order for you to be able to make a phone call. Right. So yeah. it's just like very limited communication that was hard. But I think the hardest thing was losing your network and losing your network of your connection, you know, friends and family included as well as professional connections right yeah because it's so important for you to feel a part of the society when you have a group of people that you interact with for whatever reasons and whatever goals you have so uh, building this and rebuilding it or building it from scratch in my case it takes effort it take um takes strength and i think it takes a lot of dedication and commitment yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And talking about just network and work, are there some things that you're noticing that are harder for you or some insights of being not only a female, but also an immigrant in the security field? Um, I believe in, <laughs> well, I also have a very strong um, HR background, right? So I believe that everybody who's got, um, a desire to do things and achieve things always has an opportunity. Um, there are certain things that definitely come across as a challenge for different reasons. Um, I try to always put a completely different um, kind of like uh, direction for myself and say like, okay, I can't change certain things, right? I can't change certain mindset for some people. I can't change the way they perceive me as a professional or they perceive me as a person. So the only thing I can do, I can adjust the way I'm doing things and I can adjust my attitude and how do I eventually get to where I want to be. So believe in yourself, educate yourself, you know, because if you just believe in the in being the greatest thing, but you don't really educate yourself, it's kind of like form over substance, you know, so um, it's important for for you to continuously kind of invest into your professional development and just growing as a person. Um, but that's probably one of the most important thing. And of course, it's commitment. It's not a short term thing. There were times in my life when I was like, Oh, I'm just exhausted. Mm -hmm. You know, you're trying to catch up with so many things that are happening, that um, at some point, you just need to give yourself a little bit of self care and self love and step away and say like, well, let me take a moment, just to kind of recharge myself and regain all this desire to start over or do some new things. Yeah. So it's just a long-term project. It's a kind of like a long-term commitment and consistency. It's just like going to the gym. Right. Were there any like incidents where you felt like you were being um, treated differently because you were an immigrant? Of course, of course. And I, I would say any immigrant that is going to say no probably 
is lying. <laughs> we experience it or they're lying. <laughs> of course, your language is never going to be perfect, right? It's always going to be something that kind of holds us back and something that you always doubted yourself. Um, but it takes a lot of efforts for you to realize that, well, it's about the message. And if I can convey the message and somebody and make not necessarily to make someone who is listening to you to feel something and leave some impact on them, that's what it, what it what's important. Right. But it takes a lot of work to get there. <laughs> a lot of confidence, too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. What is some of your um, advice for other immigrants? Is there anything that you want to share from what you learned? Yeah, sure. Well, I've, I can speak about it for a long time. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I would be happy to share. Well, one of the things, of course, um, building your network around you always will help. And building um, reliable circle of your support system, whether it's your professional world, whether it's your personal world, um, it, it has to be a kind of like a combination of the two. Um, I think it's the most important thing for you to actually continue your journey uh, having a certain state of your mental health because it, it's it's struggle. And a lot of people who went through this would would agree with me 100%. It's struggle, but on the surface, you have to stay strong and kind of keep going and keep moving. Um, as I said, don't ever doubt yourself. Um, I do believe that U.S. <laughs> is a country of the opportunities because we all have opportunities. And not necessarily someone's success is someone that you want to be, right? We don't want necessarily... No, not everybody wants to be a CEO of the company. Right. Not everybody wants to, you know, lead the war. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know... Don't what, compare yourself to others, right? Yes, exactly. It's something that you probably need to choose for yourself and decide, okay, this is what success is for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but there's a lot of, a lot of things that are available for immigrants and you are doing such an amazing job. I'm sure a lot of Thank people will definitely relate to this yeah. uh, because it's so dear to everyone's heart who is a part of your project um, that it really touches a lot of hearts, I'm sure. Yeah, thank so you. So thank you for doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's been very therapeutic for me, but also for other people to share their stories, feel like they're not alone, and highlight some of the things that are important, like the war and you know how wars in general impact immigrants, because when their country of origin is at war and they have family and friends there, it's really hard to continue living your day-to-day -day life and routine when, you know, Things are happening. Um, where do you feel at home? Uh, where is home? US. US. That's interesting. Uh, I've been living here for 15 years, and there's always going to be a part of me, of course, missing you. I would say, you know, my heart is always going to be so like having a desire to go to Europe, even. It doesn't even have to be Ukraine, but being in Europe, it's always like, ah, oh, it feels a little bit like home. But then you go back home here to US and you're like, breathe out, exhale, you know? And for some reason, so strange, but I always felt like, that's where I belong. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of all the challenges, but it always gives me that some kind of comfort. Yeah, absolutely. 
Thank you so much for sharing your story and um, giving all the insights for people who maybe don't understand how war impacts all of us uh, in different ways, right? You don't have to be in Ukraine to, um, to feel it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Anything else you'd like to share for you from your story or just a message? I don't know if anybody in Ukraine is listening. <laughs> Well, I'm sure once it's posted, my family would listen. There we go. <laughs> but um, I'll be happy to support with whatever you need for your initiative, you know, for whatever you do for the immigrants, whether it's to help them with their studying their careers, transitioning their careers, because this is what my background is, and I'll be happy to share my knowledge and just to provide some moral support if somebody needs it. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Uh, LinkedIn is my best. Awesome. <laughs> I will link it in the podcast notes. <laughs> so, yes, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to get in touch with me and professionally and personally. So, Awesome. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to episode 46 of the Immigrant Squared podcast. If you're an immigrant, a child of immigrants, a refugee, or an organization that works with one of those groups, please reach out to me. I would love to host you on my podcast. You can check out links to previous episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify by searching the Immigrant Squared Podcast. Until next time.